Yo, welcome to the Crazy Dre Podcast Show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This is going to be a 22 to 35 minute podcast show. Yes, a.k.a. Crazy Crockett, a.k.a. Andre's Podcast. Yes, you can find me on Spotify and iPhone, iPhone, Apple Podcasts. What am I talking about? So, guess what, folks? We're going to talk about sports. Sports. Yes, sports. We're going to talk about the University of Michigan and the Ohio State, the Buckeyes. The Wolverines against the Buckeyes. So over this weekend, the big game, the big shebang, the big boom, the bang, bang, everything big, right? So this is the team, Ohio State, has dominated us for the last 16 or 18 years out of 20. Just demolished us, right? This is the team that... We couldn't find a good head coach. Everyone was leaving, getting fired from Rich Rod to to anybody that you can think of. Yeah, this is the team. We lost 10, ro- 10 in a row against to Ohio State. We were losing our minds, all of us. Every Michigan fan was losing our minds, even me. Could just couldn't understand it. If you're going to have a coach with a, like Rodriguez about eight years ago, with a wildcat offense, a lot of what like Urban Meyer runs at Ohio State and Utah, where he started to become very popular. Michigan decided to not pursue that style. Well, I think that that Michigan administrative office didn't really care for that wildcat offense. So, so. One day we just got rid of Rodriguez, and then we were supposed to hire Les Miles, but a lot of stuff went on when Les Miles was an assistant coach at Michigan, and then uh, when Lloyd Carr was in the, as the head coach. It's probably the last time we won a national championship with Lloyd Carr in 1998, something like that. And then last year, Jim Harbaugh who's been there for like six years. That was the first team that he uh, had that could beat Ohio State at Michigan. The whole team last year was built to beat Ohio State. The sole purpose of that team was to beat Ohio State. And my golly, I think he did a really good job. I think when he was first hired in there, he tried to quick fix stuff. He tried to get a lot of transfers in that didn't fit in his game plan. He had a lot of quarterbacks that came from transferring from different schools that didn't that he didn't develop. And I just didn't like him about that. I think that's one thing that bugged me about Jim Harbaugh in the beginning is that he didn't seem to understand that you have to develop players in order to make them good and in order to make them awesome and great. That's the whole purpose of coaching. Coaching isn't about just recruiting players and then let them just go loose and say, well, you got yourself this far. I don't think I need to show you anything else. No, every head coach, every position coach, should always be helping his players to to develop. 
And even in the pro level with Detroit Lions, as most of you know, I'm a Detroit Lions fan. Don't know why. I just love Detroit. But the same thing goes with Dan Campbell. And I know I'm kind of going away from Michigan Ohio State thing. But I'm going to quick say this. If you don't develop players, they're not going to be any good. It doesn't matter if you're pro. If you give up on players too fast, then you have to start over and redevelop another player. Or if you don't want to develop players, then you just don't do it. You just pretend that you're just not doing your job. So I think one of the reasons why Detroit fired their safety coach is because they were missing a lot of uh, key plays to stop the other team from scoring deep passes. Uh, A lot of the cornerbacks were in the wrong spot, the wrong time. Everything was going to shit in Detroit. So they fired their safety coach. Now, saying that, Detroit went through a couple defensive coordinators. And and through the first three or four years, or at least, yeah, about three or four years, they had an older man by, I think the name was, don't remember the name, I can't remember. But he came from uh, Boston College. And he was a decent defense coordinator for Michigan. But he just couldn't. He just didn't understand how to stop Ohio State. And one of the most important things for Michigan is to stop Ohio State, no matter what. So there was always this cross, uh, kind of a cross uh, path that Ohio State ran on third down and seven, third down and eight. It's a cross play. So they had a wide out in the inside. So it would be the inside wide receiver. He would clearly see that the linebackers were completely in towards the line, the scrimmage line. And it was obvious that, we just, that Michigan was going to blitz on third and seven, third and eight against Ohio State, and they blitzed. But the front four in the past, they just couldn't get to the quarterback, and the linebackers couldn't get to them. So they put a lot of stress on the safeties and the cornerbacks. So this cross pattern in the middle is where Ohio State would run to, and every time... For the last 10 years, it was a completed pass. They just ran over us, right? And then when Ezekiel, Ezekiel, that played Ohio State, lose my mind, now plays with Dallas Cowboys, you couldn't stop him because he would just run right down the middle. And because... Michigan was so confused in the past and how to stop Ohio State, even though they played the same way for the last 20 years. Ever since Coach Trussell came to Ohio State, he introduced that uh, flex wildcat type of offense where you didn't know the running back was going to take the ball and throw it or run the ball. Or you didn't know if the running back was going to take the ball and run it. 
Oh, it's going to be a fake. And then their Ohio State's quarterback, it didn't matter who it was, he could then decide if he was going to keep the ball or give it to the running back. And if he saw something like, say, a blitz, a corner safety blitz, then he would audible to make it one-on-one to the outside wide receivers. And this is the same type of Ohio State has played for the last 15 years. And this is why it confuses the shit out of me when I watch Michigan for 10 years straight, and I've watched them for 30 years in a row. So but within the last 10 years, last 15 years, I never understood why Michigan didn't understand how to stop Ohio State's offense. Because they run the same thing every year. And when Michigan got killed every year. But the biggest key was the fact that two things. One is that we got uh, John Harbaugh's defense coordinator to show up to, to Michigan for one year. I thought that was really weird. You sign a guy from a professional Baltimore Ravens team, brother of brother of the other guy in the college football head coach. So you got Jim and John Hardball. Jim's in the collegiate level, and John is in the professional level, right? So but I thought it was weird to have one guy to come in from Baltimore Ravens as a defense coordinator and only have a one-year contract. And the way that he had to teach the scheme of the play is really aggressively smart. So it wasn't it was a, it was a lot of focus on the defensive end and the defense of line to get to the quarterback. And then the linebackers were much more flex. When so the way, if they read something, they could either blitz or receipt or retreat for a pass. But one of the biggest differences from Michigan was our defensive line and our ability to get to the backfield. And now we, when, we, now we, when we had Hutchinson, Aiden Hutchinson that plays for Detroit now, he was surprisingly to me, he was a very strong, athletic kid. And he didn't resemble a lot of strength to me from the outside. I thought he would be quick. I didn't think he would be able to push the offense line back. But he would run right past them, make a couple moves, a couple slap in the hands to the shoulder, move the offense line man out of the way. Just no problem. So when he got drafted by Detroit, I was really surprised because, first of all, Everybody whose favorite team is your home team. So every kid in the state of Michigan, they either wore a Billy Sims jersey or Barry Sanders jersey or Herman Moore jersey. And they grew up watching Detroit. But never once did I ever see in a draft that they would draft someone from home. And I thought that was really peculiar because just because he's from your hometown and you're going to have him play on your professional team, 
it doesn't always mean that's the best player. Or it doesn't ever mean that you're ever going to be drafted by your home team. The most, the It's very unlikely for someone like Hutchinson to be drafted to Detroit. And the best thing ever happened to Hutchinson was that we're, we're the number two pick in the draft of 2021. No, I'm sorry. 2022. Yeah, 2022 draft. So that in itself was amazing. So I don't think that's ever going to happen again. Again, for Detroit, but other teams maybe. But I don't see it happening where other teams will draft a somewhat great athlete. And I think Hutchinson's undersized, but his undersized and his smartness, you could literally alternate him into a cornerback, I mean, I'm sorry, to a linebacker, defense line guy. I think he could be very good at that. I think he's very smart. He's clearly made two interceptions already this year. But going back to Michigan, I'm just going everywhere here. Because everything coordinates with Michigan and Detroit Lions right now. So, with Detroit, I mean, I'm sorry, with Michigan, the biggest thing about Jim Harbaugh was that he finally found a quarterback that could be developed into a leader, that could be someone that the team could depend on. Not just short passes, but long ones. Not just the, oh, quick three steps, but allowing the allowing the offense of players, the running backs and the wide receivers to run their routes. So JJ McCarthy is the quarterback I'm talking about. If you haven't if you don't know. I think he's I think I'm to me, with JJ McCarthy, a lot of people had a lot of questions about him because during the year during this year and last year. Last year, he split time. This year, it's all him. But even this year, he didn't always display consistency in the deep passes. And he didn't uh, display consistency on the passes that he was going to be blitzing or being blitzed. So that in itself was amazing. But with, with J.J., <clears throat> I think one of the best, one of the clear, the, the greatest thing about him about November 26 against Ohio State is that he threw two passes that were very deep. He allowed the offense of line to protect him. He allowed the offense to run their routes. The, the cornerbacks from Ohio State Lost their footing a couple of times. So clearly, Hutt, clearly JJ made great passes. Great. And what the nervous thing about that game was that we didn't have our running back, Corum. And Corum got hurt against Illinois the week before. And that was a very good game for us. And when I say us, I mean Michigan, because people say, well, that was a 1917 game. 
How's that? How can that be good? Well, let me tell you this. That's good because we showed maturity. We showed that we didn't have to win by 20 and 25, and we didn't have to blow people away in the fourth quarter or in the third. We relied on our defense, but we relied on our consistency of our offense to keep running the certain plays that would give us first downs. Even if we cannot score, we could at least play the position game, field a position. So sometimes the best teams out there are not always the ones that score 40 points. They're the ones that can move the ball to a certain distance and then punt the ball so that their their defense has the advantage. So I think that's one thing about this Michigan team that's a lot different than any other Michigan team in the last 25 years. Well, at least 22 years. Their, their, their maturity, their ability to rely on the passing game and the running game. Now, I will say this. I do think they relied too much on the running game at certain games this year, and they didn't mix it up enough. Now, we should also talk about Donovan Edwards, and he's a backup running back, and Corum was out. He was hurt, and it took Edwards a couple times to get hit, and I was a bit nervous about it because he didn't do much within the first two runs. But by the time it was the fourth and fifth run, he was finding the pockets, the holes on the offense line opening up. He was gaining six, seven yards here and made it easier on second down and third down to convert on third and to make it a first down. Genius. He broke out with two running plays twice, ran for 216 yards with uh, his uh, teammate, who's also surprised, a wide receiver by the name of Cornelius Johnson. Four catches, 160. The longest one was 40 yards, two touchdowns. So what does that mean? That means that we, I think, to be honest with you, I think that Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan coaches didn't want to spill out all the beans. Didn't want to give out all the plays, especially against Illinois and other teams in the earlier in the year. He didn't want to do that. It was probably smart of him if he did that, because if if Ohio State sees our mo or what we're going to do, they're very good at stopping it. So that's sometimes it's better to not give out all your best plays right away. It really is. So, so this year, Michigan is, I mean, they really did put a good team together. This is Jim's best team. And I think Jim should be very proud of himself. I mean, there's a lot of things here that he needs to get done. It'd be nice. I mean, this could be the year that we could win the national championship. Alabama's not in there. Uh, I think that Michigan could beat TCU. 
I think they're a high-powering team. But I think if we have the defense can get to the backfield to against TCU, it's very possible that we can get back there and, and, and beat them. I think LSU is another team that we could beat. I don't think that, that they're that, that good. I think they're get a lot of mistakes. LSU reminds me. LSU reminds me a lot of Ohio State. A lot of great athletes, but when they don't catch the football and they're partially open, they don't catch them. That's one of those things that Michigan did real well yesterday as well. That I like to mention that that they were on the receivers and they knocked the ball out of their hands a lot. And they make it very difficult for those Ohio State receivers to keep concentration and not lose control of the football. There was a one particular play for Michigan that Ohio State threw the ball in the end zone and the guy knocked it out. Biggest play of the night for the defense. It wasn't the sacks. It was that play. Because that play, if he would have caught it, Michigan would have only been out by a touchdown. No, I'm sorry, a touchdown and a field goal. So that was a huge play for them, a huge play for the defense, huge. I think I think Jim is, you know, he did a lot of searching and a lot of stuff this year. He did a lot of work in the, in the, in, in the offseason. He really did. I think, I think Jim is, it took him a while. It really did. It really took him a while to beat any team that had any rankings. I mean, we lost to Michigan State twice in a row in the beginning. I mean, it was just a new understudy for Jim Harbaugh. I know that he came from San Diego State at one point and went to the pros and went back to college football. But I will say that he really put back that almost that Bo Schamblacher offense together with a little splash of that Wildcat offense. Not much of it, but a little splash because his running back is still not supposed to be flashy. He's supposed to be more like mobile, able to move out of the pocket. That's one thing about good about JJ. He can move out of the pocket. He can make those completions. He can fake a a play for the running back, a fake draw, and throw it out. Phenomenal. So, do I think this is the the new Michigan? Yes. Do I like it? Yes. Do you like it? You should. You should love it. This is the biggest baddest rivalry in all football especially college football it goes back in history so i'm gonna leave it at that thank god that michigan beat ohio state i was super nervous man i was super nervous i really doubt that the casinos gave us 10 and a half points in the beginning of the week and i'm like that's not bad because i really didn't think that we were going to beat them by 20-some points. I thought maybe we'd beat them by three points. I really did. I really did. So if you like this podcast, let me know. Please listen, subscribe, 
Tell your friends. Uh, remember, this is the Crazy Dre Podcast Show. Andre's Podcast. You can always find me on, on Apple Podcast and Spotify. Spotify is under Andre's Podcast. So, if you like it, keep listening to it. Let me know. Love you. Peace.